Can we trust the Bible? Today we begin a new study which will answer this all-important question. This Radio Bible Core series will be called The Authority of the Bible. I hope you will join us each day for this study. We need to know if the Bible is authoritative, and if so, how authoritative. Is it really a record of what God has said to man? And is it an accurate record? This is a critical subject, and what people believe about the Bible is a major factor in deciding the direction of their churches. People who attend church tend to believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and according to a reliable survey conducted in the summer of 1988, even those people who did not attend church services had a high regard for the Bible. Of those who stay away from church services, 63% said that they believed that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. From time to time, we need to remind ourselves that the Bible certainly claims to be the Word of God. The prophets of God claim to be speaking for God. And because of the remarkable fulfillment of their prophecies, which are so precise and amazing, we have evidence of divine communication. God must have told those men what to say and what to write. If we are careful students of the Bible, we might be able to make a good case for the Bible as the Word of God. But that case would rest on our ability as good students. Other men might study and have another human opinion. Therefore, our case needs to rest on more than human knowledge. The first and most important step in a good defense of the Bible as the authoritative voice of God is for us to call as a witness the world's greatest expert. He must be an impeccable witness, one whose integrity overcomes the most subtle doubts. We need a witness who can tell us if the Old Testament is really the word of God given through prophets. The witness must also satisfy us in regard to the writing of the New Testament books. And he needs to confirm that the Gospels and Epistles are, in fact, the very messages which God intends for us today. We have a need to be assured by someone that everything prophesied by the prophets of old will come to pass, and that which was written is what God meant, and that God meant what he said. Almost 2,000 years ago, a man appeared and claimed to have come from the Father in heaven. He claimed to speak for God. He said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. This remarkable man who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil said, I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. At least six times Jesus claimed that he was speaking for God and that men are accountable to that message 
from heaven. Listen to John chapter 12, verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father who sent me has given me commandment what to say and what to speak. Men who speak for God are called prophets. But Jesus claimed to be more than a prophet. They were many prophets. Jesus claimed to be the unique Son of God who brought more of God's word to men. He also said that the word of God was already in existence. And he was referring to the Old Testament scriptures. He quoted from them frequently. He often said it was God speaking. He said that every word would be fulfilled. And he insisted that the word of God could not be broken. This course on the authority of the Bible is built on the testimony of Jesus, a man who proved his identity by countless miracles. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind and healed the lame. He predicted his own death and his own resurrection. Even the wind and the waves obeyed his voice. What you and I think of the Bible is not nearly as important as what he thought about it. The strongest case that we can have for the Bible is the testimony of the world's greatest expert, and Jesus is that witness. I may not have all the facts, but you can trust Jesus as a witness. He knows of what he speaks. He was with the Father in the beginning, he claimed, and by his fantastic knowledge and power he gave evidence that what he claimed was true. When Jesus talked about the scriptures, he was referring to the 39 books we have in our Old Testament. He claimed that God had spoken through men called prophets. And these prophets looked forward to the time when the Messiah would come. They all wrote about that glorious time when the Messiah would come from heaven. Messiah means the anointed one. God's anointed one. And Jesus claimed to be that person. So Jesus looked back to those Old Testament scriptures and told the Jews to whom he had come to preach the word of God and said, Those scriptures are the very books that testify of me. Jesus affirmed that those Old Testament books were the word of God. When he said the scripture cannot be broken, he was referring to those prophecies which could not fail. Not one verse, not one letter, not one stroke of the pen would fail until all be fulfilled, he said. Well, Jesus certainly affirmed that Old Testament, but he also had something to say about the New Testament. The New Testament consists of 27 books, 13 of them written by one man, the Apostle Paul. 
And these are the teachings of Jesus through the apostles and New Testament prophets. They tell us what Jesus wants us to know. They tell us how we are different from the Jews in the Old Testament, that we are the people he has called into his church, which he said he would build. There was no church before that time, and Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 said, I will build my church. Now, there is no question that the Bible is the greatest book of all time. It is the most influential collection of writings in human history. The Bible claims to be, and most Christians accept it to be, the deposit of divine revelation. It has played a major role in the development of Western culture and has had no less influence on some Eastern cultures. It is a source of inspiration to both Jew and Christian. From it have come the themes and symbols that dominate the worship of these religions. Our hymns, prayers, and rituals find their origin in this great book. But it is not a book without controversy. Both Judaism and Christianity are divided in regard to the Bible's authority. There are the Orthodox, and then there are the Liberals. The fact that they argue so passionately about the Bible is a testimony to its greatness. It could have been ignored. Throughout history, men have had strange and various ideas about God and whether God or their gods ever spoke. The ancient Greeks had their wise men. They called them philosophers. They reasoned about their gods and concluded that the gods were impersonal, that they were not even aware that men were down here existing on the earth. And they certainly didn't care about any human activity. There was no communication, they said, from the gods. And men were merely observers of the acts of the gods. They attributed storms and war and rain and famine to the gods. These were their activities. And today we need to ask, is there a god or are there gods? If there is a divine being, one thing is certain. If he is going to hold us accountable, it's necessary for him to communicate. He needs to tell us what he expects. He needs to relate to us his standards so that we can live up to them or fail to live up to them and face judgment. What does the Creator expect? Who is he? What is the basis of his approval and acceptance of men? These are things a creator must tell his creatures. Many people are convinced that there will be a judgment someday when men stand before their creator. Will men be able to say to God, You did not tell us what you expected? I think not, because God has spoken. Since the Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God, 
Surely God's standards must become our standards. But what are those standards? And how do we know that God has spoken? First of all, can we even reason for the existence of God? Well, according to the Bible, we can. We can look into the heavens at night, and we can see order. We can see planning and intelligence. Who is the one who put the stars in place? Who formed the planets? We know of only one place among the uncounted heavenly bodies where man could exist. It's the planet Earth. Who made it so? Who made it the unique habitation of mankind? The Bible answers that question, and it tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. They are a testimony to the fact that there was a Creator who made what we see, and He made it from nothing. In tomorrow's program, we're going to talk about Psalm 19, the psalm that tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. Join us here tomorrow. And now a word about the Radio Bible Course. This is an independent Bible teaching ministry conducted by volunteers. It has no payroll and is supported by listeners. More information about our ministry is included in our free booklet, On Grace. Send for a copy. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.